February 25th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Afnundale Damudbet. And before the lines get wide, three lines up, three lines before the lines get wide, lines get wide. Says the Gemara, Haba al hazakhur vehevi alav zakhar. So there's a little bit of uh, background that's necessary, all discussed and developed yesterday. First and foremost, there was a mahloka, there was a dispute in the Gemara between, in the Biraita, between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael. It was a twofold dispute. They were dealing with circumstances of a person who commits bestiality and a person who commits the issue of homosexual relations. In each of those circumstances, everybody maintains that there's a violation both for the zakhar who is involved, as well as the behemah, or the person who's involved with the behemah actively, as well as the passive recipient. We call that nishkav and shochev, shochev being the active one, and the nishkav being the passive one, or rovea and nirva in the context of behemah. Question is, where's that derived from? Whereas Rabbi Akiva has that clever rereading of the same word. In the first circumstance, instead of tishkav, the active sleeping with, he has it as tishachiv, even slept with, meaning passive, as well as shechovtecha, it's your sleeping, as opposed to shechivatecha, being slept with. That's Rabbi Akiva's interpretation. He has all the violations put into two words. It means zakhur, means it's go, both going to be in one word, taf, shin, kaf, bet, and behema, it's shin, kaf, bet, taf, kaf, sofit. It's a question of how you read it, but that's how he finds all these violations. Bishmael disagreed. Bishmael's understanding is, well, in the context of zakhur, it's true, tishkav is going to be the violation if you do it actively, but as a different pasuk, lo kadesh, Pasuk says that you shouldn't be even a male harlot of sorts. And in the, says the Torah, and his clever reading of that, together with his pasuk in, in, uh, in Sefer Melachim, as well as another pasuk in the Torah, that's what renders this isur for him the passive side of Mishkeve Zachur. Uh, uh, in, in the context of Mishkeve Behema, he does something very similar. Again, the key words are Lo Yihyeh Kadesh. It's a pasuk that talks about not being uh, that type of harlot uh, character, a person, personality. It's a violation as well. That's the Mahlok Rabbi Akivan and Bishmael distilled to. Where do they derive the Isur for the passive side of both Mishkeve Zahur and Mishkeve Behema? Is it from the same word as the active side? side, Rabbi Akiva, or is it from a different word or different words in the Torah, Lo Kadesh, Rabbi Ishmael. That was background issue number one. Background issue number two, if you recall, was what well, we're dealing with, circumstances now going forward, and we've been dealing with this for some time, of Shogig. If a person does these matters without realizing that they're a violation. What's that? You don't know the law. You're new to Judaism. Uh, you forgot laws. You learned it in your youth. You forgot. It's a, a shogeg circumstance. Now, in this situation, uh, the halakha is if, if two violations are done, beha'ilim ehad. Beha'ilim ehad means one, leha'alim means to disappear, to have disappeared. Ha'ilim means you just didn't realize the halakha. In one fell swoop, which means to say you didn't stop in the middle and realize and then do another action. 
The Gemara in many circumstances, when it talks about these sorts of halachot, it talks about ahad. No, so this ahad is what we're talking about. I never, in the midst of this wrongful activities, uh, realized what I'm doing, that it's wrong, and understood that, and then forgot again, or something like throughout didn't understand. Now here's going to be the question. He got warned, right? What's that? He got warned. He, even oh, though, yeah. no, if he got warned, it's mezid. That's the whole point. The warning is So the circumstances he did it and he wasn't warned. He's not going to be put to death. He's going to bring a korban. That's korban hatat. Well, that being the case, now the question is, I'm a person is involved in both active and passive with the same or a different being. Uh, and the question, therefore, is going to be how many korbanot are brought? Well, it's behe'ele mehad, I understand, which means to say if I do the same act more than once, only one violation. That's the way it works if I don't realize in the middle. But it's more than just the same action. It's if it has the same heading, same classification. In other words, if I consider this, even though I'm passive and active to be one violation of sorts, well then there's only going to be one korban hatat. If I look at it and I designate and say, well the Torah uses two separate words, two separate contexts to teach these two separate laws, well they are two separate laws, two separate korbanot. That's what's going to distinguish now to be Akiva from Bishmael. Not just fancy legwork with regards to how they got to it. No, there's practical ramifications. It's it gets us a step closer to what I discussed at the beginning of class earlier this week, that these technicalities bear real consequences. Not only, and that's what I said we need to get to at some point in time, in our only mood, not only are there, generally speaking, philosophical ramifications, in other words, what is it, how is it that I'm supposed to envision this halakha or halakha in totality as a result of the technicalities, but furthermore, there's technical differences with regards to halakha. They're going to be dealing with, extra money, extra korbanot based on these technicalities just for a moment, a very brief moment to go back to that point of how technicalities just comes to mind something I should in order to bring that forth you see, as I mentioned here it's a little bit harder it's a lot harder to find how the technicalities bear fruit in in our mind and understanding of how and why this is so but just one example you see, we're dealing with this in the the context of our Gemara are you reading it as Tishkav or Tishachev is it Shechov as I mentioned yesterday, uh, I, th- I think in this context, at the uh, at the end of the tefillah, we quote that Gemara from the end of Masechet Berachot, in which the Gemara, the end of Masechet Nida, in which the Gemara has Al Tikre Halichot Ela Halachot. So again, you might say that's a clever way to get to the punchline. My will, my passion, as one of the rabbis once upon a time, is to tell you, I want you, I think it's important to learn halachot becholyum. But listen to how he derives it. Halichot, as, you, as you're well aware, means milashon halicha. That's a description of what halacha is. Do you understand? It's not just a clever way to get to the law. It's also describing to you what the law is. So you come out when you finish a derasha like that, and these derashot, if you do it right, you understand A, the law, but B, what's the purpose of that law? What's it telling you about halacha? It's describing halacha as not just being what I do, but my way of life, my halicha. It's 
describing halacha as something that develops. Halacha is something that walks with humanity, something that becomes part and parcel with who we are, the social dynamic, the communal ramifications of what halacha is. That's halicha. You know what that describes? That describes the capability, the propensity, the, the potential, the responsibility of anyone who's studying Torah to use Torah, not destructively, but if used properly, to be a bonei olam. What does it mean to be a bonei olam? What does it mean to build a world through halacha, through Torah? It means to envision, to have perspective on life through which my Torah informs existence. How could it inform existence? In any and every way possible, which means say in any and everything that you do in life, if you're taking that halacha, if you're taking the Talmidei Hachamim, well then in such a circumstance, done appropriately, it's marbim shalom. It's not only a mandate and responsibility, it's a reality. That's what it is. So what I'm mentioning, the reason I mention that is again, in our Gemara, it is technicalities, and it's technicalities in realms not as uh, warm and cuddly as halachot bechol yom and tamidei hachamim. It's shechivat zachur and shechivat behema. But the technicalities, if done with reflection, which we haven't enough, maybe we don't want to as much in this context, but if done with proper reflection, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for in Gemara constantly, not only, but important, the technical bottom line, if you want to just the technical bottom line, you open up to Haram Bams, Mishneh Torah. Bottom line, I know the halakha. But we're looking for the mechanics that go into it. For what reason? We're not engineers. We're not most of us, all of us. We're not lawmakers over here. What do we need the technicalities? There's what to be gleaned about our own lives, our own understanding of the halakha, even if we're not determining it per se, from the background as well. Says the Gemara over here, in the context again of this Mahlokir Bishmael Bi Akiva, Amar Bi Avahu Lidivred. Excuse me. That's what we talked about. You're both in one fell swoop of an active and then passive, or passive and then active participant in. That says I'll explain to you how this works. says I'll tell you how this works. If you were Rabbi Ishmael, there's two separate designations in the Torah, one for active, Lotishkav, and one for passive, Lo Yekadesh. Two violations, two korbanot, a lot of extra money. For Bi'akiva, it's only one violation, which in term, well, two violations, but one heading of violation, which means one obligation, one korban. Uh, what is that? Lotishkav, Lotishachev, Hadahi. Ultimately speaking, the fact that the Torah places it in one word, it hints it to us in one word or two words, Lotishkav, Lotishachev, that teaches us about the nature of these actions. It means that fundamentally, they're one. But there are two violations. There are two violations, but with regards to Korban, it's going to be only one. It tells you something about the act. It tells you something about what it means to be active and passive. You could envision, for example, a small Musaf in this. You could imagine someone making the claim, well, I wasn't active. If I wasn't active, well, then I shouldn't have to do anything. I shouldn't be liable. I shouldn't be punishable. That's the statement of Rabbi Akiva. That, in turn, you glean from our context. If it's one korban, sounds like a leniency, but it's a leniency which comes with a severity of thought. You understand, in turn, that they're identical, that the active participant and the passive one are identical in terms of what they did, to the extent that there's only one korban being brought. Don't think that you're going to be able to claim Eichmann style, I'm just following orders, I was just going along with it. If you're so consensual, if you were a part of it, so you were, A, a 
deriving benefit and pleasure of some sort, and B, you were just as guilty as the one who was active. That's the statement here, says the Gemara onward. Rabbi Avau gives another case. It's the other case we're expecting. Bestiality, both the active and participant side, uh, active and, and passive participant side. Uh, what are the halakha in such a circumstance? One shogig. I know, Charlie, hard to imagine. Furthermore, uh, certainly, in other words, in today's day and age, just say someone made that mistake. Who can imagine bestiality in any day and age being something that you can, in any law system, assume is normative or permitted? What can I tell you? The guy's, I, I would say he's out of his mind. If he's out of his mind, he's not bringing a korban. He's a shote. He's not, whatever. Anyway, says the Gemara, you're going to have the same mahlok. It says, for according to Rabbi Ishmael, who derives these laws, these violations, these prohibitions from two separate pesukim, so it goes like this: Hadami lo titen shechovtecha, v'hadami lo yekadesh. One's lo yekadesh. That's the passive. Lo titen shechovtecha is the active. Well, that being the case, according to Rabbi Ishmael, two separate headings, fundamentally different, two separate korbanot. But I was all bishogeg. It was just one terrible rendezvous together with this animal. We were in a room together. I was a terrible thought. What do you want me to tell you? But that's the claim. Doesn't matter. It's two separate violations. It might be two separate violations, but they all have the same heading. It's with halachic terminology, what we call shem echad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. So you want to understand where we're going to go with that? So let me. I'm, I'm going to jump based on your question just because we got you in the moment so you'll really understand what's to come. Later on, just a few more lines here in the Gemara. The Gemara is going to talk about the following circumstance. You, I uh, can't tell you how crazy this scene is, but I, I would say I've seen worse. I haven't seen anything close to worse than this. Anyway, you're in the room, not you, person's in a room with a male and with an animal. And he does passive and active with each one of them. How many violations for Bishma'il? It can't be just two. It's not going to be four because Abi just told us Lo Ye Kadesh is being used both for. It's going to be three. It's going to be Lotishkav. It's going to be Shechov Decha, number two. And then it's going to be Lo Ye Kadesh, which is identical both for animal and for man. What's that? Yeah. He, he brought the animal upon him, which is considered Kaddish. You're a day late on that. So, you know, if you were here yesterday, you could have nailed me on that. The answer is the Gemara. I'm, I'm just laughing with you. At you. As says the Gemara over here, Lo Ye Kaddish earlier, the understanding was we were linking it to a Pasuk and Sefer Melachim, which uses the word Kaddish in the context of the ways of the non Jews. So you are 100% correct in making a claim. It's not exactly what I would associate with zenut, animal bestiality activity, but we're a little bit more expansive. We say the ways of the non-Jews is all prostitution of sorts. And No, you're right. It's expansive. You're right. It might be, I'm saying it as a sevara, it might be that's why Rabbi Akiva disagrees. Biakiva says, no, yeah, Kadesh. The Gemara doesn't flesh this out. Biakiva says, Kadesh is zenut. That's not zenut. That's bestiality. 
It's one thing if it's with another male, another human being. Anyway, that's what the Gemara says. And, and, and furthermore, you're saying passive as opposed to active. Absolutely. Says the Gemara over here, onward. You should know, says Abaye I don't think the way we've been interpreting and accepting that statement of Bishmael, much along the lines, so to speak, of Morris throughout, is, I, I, don't, I don't agree. Rabbi Ishmael as well would agree that in this case, specifically, in this case of the bestiality of, of involvement with the behemah, there'd be only one korban. What do you mean only one korban? The pasuk says, lo kadesh. And the other pasuk says, lo titen shechovtecha. It's two separate pesukim, two separate shemot. Dechi ketiv lo kadesh the Pasuk of Lo Kadesh, I mean, let's be honest over here. It's true, you're talking about the ways of the non-Jews, but we're really specifically talking about with another male, with another human being. Gavre means males. Uh, not with the animals. How do you know? Well, the Pasuk talks about Toreva. It's the same word you use in the context of homosexuality in the Torah. Uh, let's be honest over here. Kadesh, Kadesha, these circumstances of Zenut are not with the animals. Well, that being the case, says Abayi, it can't be that that was really the source of Bishmael. All right, so what is the source? So where would Rabbi Ishmael, who disagrees with Rabbi Akiva, who doesn't do this fancy where does he derive it from? Anash v'hizhir. Be'akiva says, excuse me, Abaye here in the Gemara says, I'll explain to you where Bishmael derives it from. It's from this pasuk, kol shochev behema mot yumat. Well, that pasuk says shochev. Shochev means active. And we're looking for a source for passive. That's active. So it says it's imeno inyan. If you recall, that's what it, when the Torah is redundant. We can't find a reason for why it repeats the same thing twice. We say, well, the second one maybe is teaching me laws about altogether different things. Well, what's the twice? The first one was lotiten shechov That's the pasuk we've been dealing with until now. Now this pasuk says it calls shochevim behemamot yumat. Again, a second active. Why is it a second active rep mention? I know I can't have active relations with an animal. It's not, a, not permitted. Says the Gemara, says Abaye. The reason for Bishmael would be to tell you, if it's not teaching a law about the active side, perhaps it's teaching you a halakha about nishkav. But they're not really the same thing. They're very different in terms of quality, in terms of action. That's the way it works. Over here, we can't find another reason for why the Torah repeats it twice. It must be telling you, even if you're just involved in the act, you're just an ishkav in such a circumstance as well. Says the Gemara onward. Uh, what about the following circumstance? Ha-rovea Circumstances: A person is nirbat lezachar, passive in uh, in relations with a, a male, nirva lebehema, and passive in relations with an animal. What's the halacha going to be over here? Well, now it got a little bit more complicated than it did beforehand. Because now you have two other opinions to take into account. You have Rabbi and Abaye. Remember Rabbi Avahu and Abaye? Rabbi Avahu told us that according to Rabbi Ishmael, what's the derasha for the passive side? Lo kadesh, which means to say, Abi nirvat behema, and to an, uh, and to a, what's it called? Uh, what is, is going to be one. What about according to Rabbi Akiva? What about according to Rabbi Akiva? No. 
Over here, Shechovtecha, Shechivatecha, Lo Tishkav and Lo Tishachir. That's two separate ones. So as the Gemara, Amar Biyavau, Lidivrei Rabbi Akiva, Hayav Shetayim, Hadami Lo Tishkav, Hadami Lo Titen Shechovtecha, Lidivrei Bishmael, Eno Hayav, Ela Ahad. According to Bishmael, both according to Biyavau and according to Abayah, it's being derived from the same Pasuk, it's only going to be one violation. Idi v'idi lo yekadeshu, Abayah, Amar Afilu, Divrei Bishmael, Nameh Hayav Shetayim, according to Bishmael, says Abayah, there's two violations, Tichtiv, Kol Shochev Be'emam, Abaye claims count contrary, disagrees with Rabbi Abal. He says, when it comes to uh, homosexual relations, it's from what the Rasha Kadesh. When it comes to bestiality, it's from this Pasuk of Kol Shochev, two separate Shemot, two separate violations. Uh, nothing's nothing sounding any better. What's that? All has to be beheilem echad. If it's not beheilem echad, there's no question, because it, then then you have full violation. Was, if it's Shabbat and I'm uh, and I'm uh, uh, seeding my garden and you war- and you warn me, you tell me in between, and then I forget, and then I seed again, another korban. And then you warn me, and I remember, and I stop, and then I forget, another violation, and so forth. I could get hundreds and thousands. If there's separate, because we see that as separate. Okay. Last, lastly, says the Gemara. He brought all the activities, all the wrongful actions together. Four of them. As one. All of this terrible activities, all done. Whether you or Abaye, keep in mind, their only distinction is when it comes to the Bishmael, Shochevim Behema, where we're deriving it from, Hayav Shalosh. You're going to have three violations, right? According to both of them, you're going to have three violations, as we discussed earlier. Lirbi Akiva, Hayav Shetayim. According to the Akiva, you're certainly only going to have two violations, because in each of these segments, there's only one violation. Tishkab, Tishachim, and Shechovtecha, Shechivatecha. That'll bring you to only two. Says the Gemara, let's move a bit forward from these discussions. Not out of them all just yet, but uh, just about two and a half more classes till we're out of them. Says the Gemara, Tanur Rabbanan, Zachur, what can I tell you? Zachur, lo asubo katan kigado, behema asuba ketana kigdola. The Beraita has this mysterious line. It says, Zachur, when it comes to male relations with a male, Lo asubo katan kagado. A child is not identical to an adult, to a mature one. So Teddy asked the very first Gemara on Dafnundalit Amudalif. Good for you, Teddy. The Gemara on Dafnundalit Amudalif, the five lines from the bottom, it goes like this Tanura banan, ish, peratle katan, ashishkavet zachar. Ben Gadol, Ben Katan. So if you recall, it says that for you, as the active, for someone as the active side, so they need to be a Gadol, they need to be the adult one. But who the action's being done to, then it doesn't matter whether a Gadol or a Katan in that circumstance. Even if it's a child, the person who's having the homosexual relations is liable. That word, those words already in the Beraita are very, very mysterious, because it's not true. We had a Beraita just a moment ago, which taught us explicitly from the Pasuk that the Halakha is homosexual relations relations, if the male onto another male, if the other male who's being, who's, who the act is being done to is even a katan, well there's a violation. 
This Beraita doesn't say that. So again, says the Beraita, Tanura Baran Zachur, Lo Asu Bo Katan Kegadol. That's not true. The Katan is done Kegadol. The Katan, again, the passive side, it's true the passive side isn't going to be punished if it's a Katan, if it's a child. However, the active side, who's a Gadol, the Ish, is going to be punished. So we don't know what those words mean. The next words we do know, Behema, Asuba Ketana Kigdola. That was explicit as well. We understood when it's animals, we don't care whether it's old or young, the passive side of matters, or even the active side of matters. Says the Gemara, What does it mean, again, specifically because of Teddy's question, as Rashi explains, what does it mean when we say that in the context of the male-to-male relations, we're not, we do distinguish between Gadol and Katan? It's not so. Ushmuel Amar lo asu biat pahot mi ben shalosh shanim ke ben shalosh shanim. So there's a machloket here between Rav and Shemuel. Each of them maintain that the statement in that beraita is not referring to below the age of 13 or above the age of 13. Everybody agrees that above, below the age of 13, there is a realm, there's a time period during which if a male adult has relations with that child, that they'll be liable to death penalty. Everybody agrees to that. So what does it mean in the Beraita that there is a certain cutoff? Then there's no cutoff, even if it's a baby and there's homosexual relations, you're liable. Not so. That's where they cut off and that's what the Beraita is telling you. There is a minimal age during, at which we say that's considered what we call which means to say that's considered that's considered sexual relations. Now what sort of positive ramifications before we talk about the negative over here? The Gemara later on on Dafnun Mutbet will quote that in the context of Yibum, of course the Leverett marriage situation, a man is married to a woman and the man passes away without any children. He has a brother, now this woman falls to the brother. Now that brother is nine years old. She is lingering. She wants financial stability. She wants involvement in family and so on and so forth. But he's not a gadol with regards to onashim and mitzvot. In such a circumstance, he has relations. Is that yibum or not? The halakha is that is yibum. Well, he's not 13 years old. But he's nine years old, chalas. That's enough for, for yibum. So it, what I, the reason I bring that as an example is the Gemara is really referring to that over here already. It means nine is when we consider it that was an act of Bi'ah, that's what we call ma'aseh bi'ah. As a result, says the Gemara, first opinion over here, Rav says that what we mean when we're talking about the act of a male to another male, but the other male doesn't need to be a gadol, doesn't need to be a gadol be mitzvot, doesn't need to be 13 years old, it doesn't need to be 9 years old, below the age of 9, it's not considered ma'aseh bi'ah. Says Shemuel, 9? That's your cutoff. My cutoff is three years old. Shema Yisrael. My three years old says that's the cutoff. Now, when we talk about females, always ba'asebiyas from three years old. Jarring, jarring thought as well. For males, we don't do that. We assume males, in terms of their hormones, can't generate the same sort of activity when they're three years old. But Shimuel, for some reason over here, claims that again, if the action of the male to the passive male is to a three-year-old, that's sufficient. Below the age of three, says Shimuel, that would not be a violation on behalf of the gadol. Yeah, and according to Rav, an eight-year-old. Because. It's not considered a ma'asebiya. Uh, it's a terrible act. I, you, you, 
you, you want punishment? We'll put him in jail again. And, and I repeat that again here as everywhere. Dr. Masters is not here, but we've talked about this more than once. The Hachamim did reserve the right to do several things. Number one, Makot Mardut. They would get rabbinic mandated lashes or sanctioned lashes. And they would do that. And they had the authority and ability from the Torah to do so. And number two, they would put people into jail. They would put people into ma'asar, into kippah. They'd put away uh, predators and people who were wrongful to society, even if they couldn't put them to death. I will add to that in this context, Solomon, a point that uh, Morris uh, Bennon has made several times, uh, not in the exact same way, but it's very hard to put to death. I know we've been learning about putting to death, putting to death, putting to death, and I've mentioned more than once, in order to put to death, and we learned this in the Gemara twice already, I think, in order to put to death, the person who's violating needs to receive a warning, but that's not enough, because if you ignore the warning, you just keep quiet and go do the, the action, it's insufficient. You need to turn to the person and say, I understand the punishment, the wrongful act, and nonetheless I'm doing it. No, you don't say, get out of my face. So I understand that I'm doing it on the... I mean, you got to get a guy who's really off his rocker who's going to say so and go do and we're going to then evaluate them and say that they're not a shoteh, back to that point. Well, yeah, they have to be saying... Once what's every 70 years... I'm, I'm, expl- I'm explaining to you, I, once every 70 years is so crazy. It means you need someone who's so... In, Tosafot writes this in one or two places. You need a person who's so impassioned in their mind that they're not crazy clinically, but they're crazy about this woman, about killing that person, about this man, about this man, whatever the circumstances. So if that all being the case, I bring, yeah. You need to catch him immediately before the act. That's immediately leading up to it. You need, it's a mahlok in a makot, and so forth. But that's right. This is very far-fetched. So all, all that being the case, I forgot who I was addressing. Uh, someone's, Morris, yes. Oh, so Morris, to your point over here, and ultimately speaking, we will, in all these circumstances, need to find another way to punish nonetheless. So even if the child is, or whatever the circumstance, we're going to end up locking them up. We are going to take that as our tool to set forth a sound and safe society, even if we can't put to death because of these How circumstances. That's the issue here. That's what we're talking about. Three or nine. No, this is for the passive. The active needs to be over the age of 13. Right, but the passive has to be over the age of 9 to receive According to Ra, no, 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 no. No, no, over the age of 13. You're not getting punished oh, if you're not above the age of 13. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The question is when it's being done to that person, what's the age? Says the Gemara again. Yes. No. No. But he's a human being as opposed to an animal is the best answer I have for you. Right. Right. So that, 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 this touches on a... On, Right. I just, you're real conservative on these matters. You know, <laughs> you, know, you don't care for any of this stuff. You know, I mean, wait, to, well, wait till you meet some of my family members. <laughs> anyway, what I, what I can tell you is, Bobby, the, and, and you are, so listen, what, what one or two people said to me after the class a few days ago when we learned in the Mishnah, when we, Shema Yisrael, I don't want to hear you start talking about women now. Anyway, the Mishnah, the Mishnah, if you recall, the, the Mishnah talks about an animal, and yes, the Mishnah uses the animal, but, but 
Keep in mind the way we're referring to it. We, we are very sensitive with the following. That's what we addressed in the Mishnah. I addressed on the one hand, Sa'ar Ba'alei Hayim. And on the other hand, as you say, as you're stating, property which is for my use. But Sa'ar Ba'alei Hayim is still a value instilled within us from the Torah. Says the Gemara Masech Bava Metziah. So there's something, so there's something, some fine line over here. Well, on the one hand, you're right. I don't want Kalon, I don't want Takala, so I'm willing to put it to death. On the other hand, I need to stay away from Sa'abale Haim, but Takala and Kalon trumped it. Now, we are correct, and Bobby's going to agree as well, that we would, wouldn't, and we understand that we won't extend that to human beings. But you can imagine the jarring thought of someone making the claim, listen, if there is takala and kalon because of that object over here, and you're dealing with a child of old age, maybe we should do the same thing. Of course we're not. But again, it's, it's a fine line over here to be able to distinguish and understand. On the one hand, I'm taking into account the animal. On the other hand, I'm finding a reason to put the animal to death because of what it now is a reminder of, because it was involved in this act and so, and so forth. But that's, that's the answer, Bob. The answer is, it's still an animal as opposed to a human being, and a human being as opposed to an animal. Says the Gemara, uh, in, t- in terms of explaining, we'll just conclude with this, the mahluk between Rav and Shemuel. Again, Amar Rav, four lines from the bottom, Lo asu bi'at pachot m'ben tesha shanim k'ben tesha shanim. Ushmuel Amar lo asu bi'at pachot m'ben shalosh shanim k'ben shalosh shanim. When we talk about distinguishing within the act of homosexuality to the passive side between Gadol and Katan, we don't mean 13 and below 13, we mean 9 and below 9, 3 and below 3. Rav and Shemuel explains the Gemara Bemai Kamiflege. Technically speaking, if it wasn't technical enough, what underlies the Mahlok in Rav and Shemuel? Rav Sandavar called the Ite Beshochev. On the one hand, Rav's claim is, I want to, or I think, you need to equate somewhat the passive and active participant over here. The active one, as we've stated, will not be considered an active participant if he's below the age of nine. And as, as a result, the passive one as well. Now, that's a great claim. It means the passive one, the cutoff is nine years old. That's what makes a ma'aseh biyah. The only way we'd be active and considered biyah is if you're above the age of nine. So too, if you're passive, as I said, the ramification being later on, in yibum u'shmuel savar mishkevei isha ketib. Shemuel says, listen, I understand what you're saying, but ultimately speaking, in the context of Mishkeve Zachur, of homosexual re, uh, relations, the Torah says Mishkeve Isha. Enigmatically, mysteriously, the Torah says, if a person has relations with a male, Mishkeve Isha. Mishkeve Isha? What's Mishkeve Isha? So the Gemara told us, maybe we learn a, a halakha, a general halakha about female and male relations when Shiloh Kadarka from there. Says so Shemuel, we learn another halakha. We learn to push down the age of the passive recipient. We say that the age limit over here is lower. Why is it lower? Because the same way by a female, the lowest age at which, or, or the age at which we consider it a ma'asebi is three years old. So too over here, and specifically over here, we consider it so at three years old. Says the Gemara Tanya de Rav. We have a Beraita which accords with Rav. Remember Rav, just a moment ago, he's telling us nine years old is the cutoff date. Zachar ben Tesha Shanim v'yom echad. By the way, when it says v'yom echad, people sometimes make the mistake of thinking it's nine years Plus one day. That's not what it means. What Yom Echad means you're into your ninth year, which by definition means you are now nine years old. You understand? When you're 13 and one day, it's when you turn 13. It's on that day. Anyway, that's what Tesha Shalim Yom Echad. Haba'al ha-behema ben kedarka ben shelo kedarka vahisham miviyayat behema alea ben kedarka ben shelo kedarka hayav. What's the statement over here? The statement is in this circumstance, the nine years old is the cutoff with regards to haba'al ha-behema ben kedarka ben 
שלא כדרכה, והאישה המביאה את הבהמה עליה בין כדרכה, בין שלא כדרכה, the passive and active recipients are going to have the cut off of nine years old, which records, says the Gemara, with the opinion of Rav, as we had just a moment ago. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.